Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you so very much for listening in today. We are recording episode four of season seven of Weathering the Storm, and this season we are discussing weathering the storm in the home. I appreciate so much that you're taking the time to listen today. I hope that you've been able to listen to the first three episodes. We're going to build on this theme throughout. But if you have not been able to do that, just want to give you a quick review and recap of what we've been studying. We started off discussing God's design for the home. We then talked about things that you need to know before you get married. And in our last episode, we talked about the high cost of marriage, doing it right, from Ephesians chapter 5, 22-33. Today, we want to discuss the high cost of marriage, doing it wrong. And to consider the high cost when you don't do it according to God's plan. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to 1 Kings chapter 11. That's where we're going to be studying today. And as you're opening to that, I want to say another word about the Scattered Abroad Network. I appreciate so much the opportunity to be on this network. And uh, Weathering the Storm is a podcast among many uh, on, this, on the Scattered Abroad Network. And every day of the week we have new content coming out. And we encourage you to go and, and to check that out and, and hope that it's helping you in your daily walk with the Lord. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. You can visit our website, scatterbroad.org. You can email us at san at msop.org because now the Scattered Broad Network is a work of the Memphis School of Preaching, which is wonderful. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And again, we appreciate you listening, appreciate your prayers, and always appreciate the encouragement that we receive from you. If you're there with me in 1 Kings chapter 11, we're going to think about the high cost of doing marriage wrong. And we're going to use Solomon as our example. Here it says that King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, Sidonians, and the Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives, who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon, because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded." Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this, and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. 
Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days. For the sake of your father David, I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I'll give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David, for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. When you continue studying the history of what takes place, Solomon, of course, has have several sons, but we think about Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And you think about Jeroboam in the northern kingdom of Israel, Rehoboam in the southern kingdom of Judah. The kingdom will be divided there would be problems and issues and, and all kinds of things that would happen. And it all stems from Solomon departing from the plan that God had for him. It all stems from Solomon saying, God, I know this is what you said, but I want to do this anyway. And thus we have the high cost of marriage when you do it wrong. I want us to think about the phrase, turn away your heart. Because it's mentioned several times, and sometimes just back to back. For example, in verse 3, his wives turned away his heart. And then it's almost in the same breath. It was so that when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. So they turned his heart away from being loyal to God. And then they enticed him and encouraged him to turn and serve their gods. And so his love for those women was greater than his love for the Lord. And brethren and friends, let me say that I have seen this firsthand with some people that I love very dearly who have allowed their spouse to turn their heart away from the truth and turn their heart away from the Lord. Because they don't want to rock the boat at home, they would be willing to give up what they know is right to follow what their spouse says they want to do. It's very sad, it's very dangerous, but it's not new. This is something we read about way back in the Old Testament that took place, and Solomon is an example of what happens when you do it wrong, the high cost of doing it wrong. When you continue in 1 Kings 11, you notice that the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon. It was Hadad the Edomite. There's going to be problems that are going to come up with that. Jeroboam's going to uh, rebel. And you're going to hear the, the, the man of God, the old prophet, would come and, and, and would die later on. There's, there's all kinds of death. There's all kinds of problems. Jeroboam is going to bring up the golden calves, and he's going to uh, change the, the location, the time, and the object of worship. That happens in chapter 12. It all stems back from departing from what God said to do. And I find it ironic when I was studying and preparing this, at the end of 1 Kings 11, read about the death of Solomon. You know, of all the great things that Solomon did, all the wisdom that he had, you know, all the wealth that he had, ultimately it was the women that was his downfall. And his love for them and trying to fulfill this void, if you will, and, and just pour everything he had into women instead of pouring his heart out to God. And so there's a few thoughts that, that jump out to us as we think about doing it wrong. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, we have a reference here to what God was saying. You know, don't intermarry. There was a reason for that. They, they didn't want the, the pagan influence to come in and infiltrate the marriage and the home. And, and, and rightfully so. When you read the book of Judges, that was one of the main problems. They didn't fully drive out the enemies. 
And because of that, the pagan influence crept in with God's people, and it just caused all kinds of problems. So God said, listen, marriage is so sacred and so important. Don't go outside of what I've said. If you go outside of this parameter that I have set, it's going to be problematic. And again, that's, that's what we see here with this. But in Deuteronomy chapter 17, there are principles governing kings. This is verses 14 through 20. And there's a reference here about the king, the king that the Lord God would choose, the king that would be over the people. And there are some, some statements that are made that you think about Solomon, you think, man, he turned, he turned away from this. Deuteronomy 17 and verse 17, Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, why? Lest his heart turn away. Nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priest and the Levites. It shall be with him. He shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and the statutes. Why? Verse 20, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. I find it so ironic that Solomon's downfall started with his heart. God was, was extending wisdom to say, listen, don't do this because this is the high cost of doing it wrong. You allow them to turn your heart away from me and serve other gods, it's going to cause problems. And my oh my, did it cause problems. When you read out the rest of verse Kings, you go into Second Kings, you talk about the captivity. A lot of this stems from this problem right here. It's not obeying the law of God. It's not staying true and loyal to Him. So what happens when you marry and you do it wrong? What happens when it's, when it's not what the Bible says to do? When it's not according to God's plan? There are two thoughts I'm going to share with you. And then I want to go to the book of Ezra for just a moment as we close out this episode to think about the high cost of once you get into that marriage, then what do you have to do? Number one. When you do it wrong, it comes at a high cost because it pulls your heart away from God. Jesus said, No man can serve two masters who either love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. When you think about that language, notice the, lo the words love and hate. You'll love the one and hate the other. It is very possible to get into a marriage relationship where your spouse wants nothing to do with the Lord. And because of your love for your spouse, and because you don't want to cause any problems, you'll also turn away from the Lord. Why is that such an issue? Because when your heart is pulled away, their heart's going to be even further pulled away. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it talks about wives can win their husbands without a word. The idea is by your faithfulness and by your example, you can win your unbelieving husband. You can do it. It comes at a cost. It comes at a sacrifice. But you can do it. Doing it wrong is giving in and saying, you know what? I don't want there to be problems at home, so we just won't go to service. In fact, I'm just not going to go to church at all. I'm not going to be a member at all. 
I'm just going to stay at home because I'd rather spend time with my husband. I've heard that reasoning for why some members don't come back on Sunday night. Well, I need to spend time with my husband. You know, your time with the Lord is much more important, especially on the Lord's Day. Why not bring them with you? And if they won't come, then okay. Okay. But don't let that be an excuse for why you don't come. That's that's doing it wrong. <laughs> that's that's not what God designed. Again, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. If you're looking for a case study about what to do if you're married to someone who is not very spiritual, someone who doesn't want anything to do with the Lord, you stay faithful. And you set that good example, and you never know what can happen. But I'll tell you this. If the Lord's not important to you, it will never be important to them. Here we see the damage, then, of doing it wrong. It pulls your heart away from God. It pulls your heart away from doing what God would have you to do, what you know is right, because you'd rather just keep the peace at home. We need to understand that the Lord comes first. Seek first the kingdom. That word first there means this is your priority. Is your marriage important? Of course it is. That's what we're talking about this season. We understand that the design for the home, what God expects. We understand the roles of the husband and the wife. Yes, 100%. But this is the high cost of doing it wrong. When your marriage is not centered on Jesus Christ. And when there's not that understanding that we're going to put God first before anything else. So doing it wrong pulls your heart away from God. But number two, doing it wrong redirects your loyalty. It redirects your loyalty. The Bible here says in 1 Kings 11 that Solomon was loyal to God. His heart was loyal to God. But then it says in verse 4, his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. David was a man after God's own heart. Did he always do it right? No. Did he have problems with marriage? Yes, he did. But David was one who admitted his mistakes and he made it right. Well, here's Solomon who knows better than to do this. But not only does he marry foreign women, he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, think about that for a moment. That That is just mind-boggling to consider that. You talk about just getting in a deeper and deeper problem. That's what he did. He loved many foreign women. He just totally disregarded what God said about this, and it came at a high cost. It came at such a high cost because his loyalty was redirected. He's not loyal to the God of heaven. Now he's loyal to his wives, to the women. And because of that, he redirected his loyalty to these idol gods, to Chemosh, to Molech. And we know from our study of the Old Testament, Chemosh and Molech, you know, they would offer animals, or uh, not animal, child sacrifices, excuse me, Child sacrifices. They would burn up the arms of these false gods and put their children on them. And so Solomon was endorsing that. Why? Because his heart was not right with God. His heart was not loyal. And because his heart was taken away by these women, he was doing things that were just unfathomable. And that can happen today, too. You marry someone, you get in that relationship, and all of a sudden the Lord's not number one, the Lord's not important. Now you're going to do things you probably never would have done before. And here's the biggest problem is when children get involved. The best thing you can do as a marriage, 
uh, marriage partners, as a husband and wife, when you have children, is to be faithful to the Lord. That's the best thing you can do. Because if you're faithful to the Lord, you're going to be faithful to each other. If you're faithful to the Lord, you're going to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You're going to teach them the truth from the ground up. But what if your heart's not loyal to God? What if you redirect that loyalty and now all of a sudden it's not that important? It's not going to be important to your children. And if one spouse is going this way and the other's going that way, the children are going to be divided and they're going to be confused. The high cost of doing it wrong. I mentioned Ezra chapter 9 a few moments ago. Let's go there as we close out this episode. This is one of the saddest endings to any book in the Old Testament. And I understand that we can talk about uh, the ending of books when uh, when it comes to the captivity, when it comes to the end of the minor prophets, and it's so sad to think about, but this will almost bring a tear to your eye when you think about it. Now granted, they did what Solomon did. They did not listen to what God said, but it came at a very high cost. In Ezra chapter 9, there's a reference to the intermarriage of God's people with pagans. Verse 1 says, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. When Ezra heard this, verse 3, he says, I tore my garment and my robe. I plucked out some of the hair of my hair, head and beard and sat down astonished. It blew his mind that God's people were doing this. Verse 4 says, Everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled because of the transgression of those who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Verse 5, he says, I arose, I fell on my knees, I spread up my hands to the Lord my God. He prayed to God. He said, I'm too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. He goes back to understanding that God said, avoid marrying these pagans. Avoid it. But they didn't listen. They didn't listen. They gave in, and because of that, there was sin. And there were relationships that were shattered. And the anger of the Lord was aroused. Now when you move over to chapter 10, consider this. Again, we're talking about the high cost of doing it wrong. Now while Ezra was praying and while he was confessing, weeping and bowing down before the house of God, a very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel, for the people wept very bitterly. You drop down to verse 10. Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have transgressed and have taken pagan wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. Now therefore make confession to the Lord God of your fathers and do his will. Separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the pagan wives. The people, to their credit, said, Yes, as you have said, so we must do. And so they put away their pagan wives. But listen to the very last verse of the book of Ezra. And these had taken pagan wives, and some of them had wives by whom they had children. When you bring a child into this world, you now have a responsibility 
to give that child back to God. You have a responsibility, husbands, fathers, to bring them up with the nurture and omniscience of the Lord, to not provoke them under wrath. Ephesians 6, 4. Mothers and fathers, to work together to train up a child in the way he should go. Proverbs 22, 6. It comes at a high cost. And when you do it wrong, it's laying the foundation for apostasy for generations to come. And while it is not the design of this episode to get into this, we want to close thinking about this from Ezra 9 and 10, going back to what happened with Solomon. When you marry someone, make sure you're eligible to marry. Matthew 19, 9 is the standard for marriage, divorce, and remarriage because that's what Jesus said. When they asked Jesus about it, they said, Lord, what about this question about marriage? Jesus took them back to the beginning. Took them back to the blueprint. Again, this is Matthew chapter 19. He said, have you not read? He who made them male and female at the beginning. This is verse 4 of Matthew 19. And he said, for this reason, verse 5, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce. But from the beginning, it was not so. It's never been in God's plan for this to take place. But then you have verse 9. Jesus says, And I say unto you, there's your authority, Whoever divorces his wife, except it be for fornication, and marries another, commits adultery and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery again that is the standard that is the teaching on marriage divorce and remarriage anything contrary to what jesus said is automatically error when it comes to matthew 19 9 then we understand you have to be eligible to be married there is a high cost of marriage when you do it wrong when you marry someone who you're not eligible to marry again if you're the guilty party and you try to remarry someone, you have no right to do that. Now, if you're the innocent party and your spouse commits fornication against you, in other words, they sleep with someone other than you, then you would have the right to put them away for fornication. Now, you're the innocent party and you can remarry, but you can only remarry someone who's also eligible to be married. How many marriages are on their fourth, fifth, sixth marriage? How many marriages going down this, this slope and living in adultery day after day, children being involved, and the high cost of doing it wrong? Dear friend, dear listener, if you're not married yet, please, please take in what we're saying in the last two episodes especially. The high cost of doing it right and the high cost of doing it wrong. Pray about this. Make sure that you're making the right decision. So who you marry can affect where you spend eternity. It's the second most important decision you'll ever make. Number one decision is whether or not you're going to obey the gospel of Christ. We've talked about some heavy things. I know that. But it goes back to what happened with Solomon. His heart was pulled away from serving God, and his loyalty was redirected. That's the high cost of doing it wrong. All these other things, it stems from that whether we talk about marriage, divorce, and remarriage problems, 
Whether we talk about children not being brought up with truth and being divided, it all stems from having a heart that's turned away from God. Make sure your heart stays loyal to God. And make sure you marry someone that's going to help you get to heaven, not hinder you from getting there. I thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for listening today. And if anything has been said that's contrary to the Word of God, please let me know. And if it does contradict it, then reject it. But if it lines up, please accept it and do what God says to do. We want to make sure that when it comes to marriage, we do it God's way. One man, one woman for life in a marriage that honors and glorifies God. Ephesians 5, 22-33. Again, I thank you so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next week as we begin a four-part series on roles in the home according to the New Testament. Thank you so much. May God bless you.